Well, good morning. Welcome home. We're glad that you are here on this very frigid, cold morning. Uh, Hope you were warm coming in. Hope you're warm right now. Hope you're warm as you're watching online in the comfort of your home, maybe. But uh, we're glad that you're here. I just want to emphasize one thing that Steve mentioned in the announcements. Once again, um, don't miss next Sunday. Brand new. Uh, is what we call it, and we're going to be receiving some people into membership and dedicating some babies and baptizing some folks. And so, uh, if you are, if you still want to take part in one of those three things, be sure that you get the go online to the website and fill out the form and get that turned into us uh, this week. So it's going to be a great day of just celebrating what God is doing in our midst and what He's doing in your lives, and uh, you won't want to miss that. Um, so it's. Um, You know, here we are, this is the Sunday between uh, Christmas and New Year's, and uh, can you believe it's New Year's Eve 2018 tomorrow? I remember when I was a kid doing the math and and thinking how old I was going to be in the year 2000, and I thought it was cool that I would be an adult, and you know, when 2000 hit, and that would be really cool, and now here we are almost 20 years past that, that's not even possible. But it's true, here we are, and and, uh, presents have been unwrapped, and too much food has been eaten, if you're like me, and maybe the decorations have come down or begun to come down, or or maybe they won't come down until February or March, I don't know. Um, We may or may not have waited till February or March before to take ours down, we may or may not, possibly once or twice. But um, anyway, that's kind of this is it's kind of a weird time of the year to me um, because the the year is ended and the new year is starting and it's just kind of this in between time and uh, it kind of reminds me of of the rhythms of life. You know, there's a certain rhythm to life that's filled with with endings and filled with new beginnings. You know, maybe you lose a job or you quit a job and, and then you start a new one. Or maybe a relationship comes to an end, and down the road a new one begins. Um, maybe a loved one dies. And so a chapter in your life that, in, that includes that loved one comes to an end, and you have, to, you have to figure out how to start a new chapter without that person in your life. Life is full of seasons like that, that involve endings and new beginnings. But here's the thing. Life isn't just big endings and new beginnings Sometimes there's an in-between time, isn't there? Uh, There's an in-between time where maybe you're not sure what that next chapter is going to look like and you're not sure what what to do or or what that next chapter is going to hold. Maybe you're not not sure for for a period of time how to to even start that new chapter. And so it's a time that's often filled with some anxiety and, and some wondering and some questions. And this time of the year reminds me of those in-between times. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you, uh, I'm going to give you one thing, one secret to help you get through all those seasons of life, the endings, the new beginnings, and even the in-between times when you're not even sure what to do. I'm going to tell you one thing to do. I'm going to give you one secret and we'll get there in just a few minutes. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Or turn in your app, whatever you want to do. Um, this is a story about Paul and Silas. 
And uh, Paul and Silas are in a, a town called Philippi, and they're telling people about Jesus. They're trying to, to spread the good news of Jesus and invite people to become followers of Christ. And so they're going around and they're telling people uh, this message. And after a while, this slave girl, who is demon-possessed, begins following them around everywhere. And she's disrupting and she's yelling things. And the things that she's yelling actually are, are true, but it's, it's pretty clear that she's trying to disrupt what they're doing. She's trying to keep them from, from this mission of spreading the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so finally, Paul reaches his limit. All right, this is Christmas break. Some of you parents have reached your limit 12 times in the last five days, haven't you? Um, and so, you know, Paul reaches his limit, and he turns to this, to this slave girl who is demon-possessed, and he commands the demon in Jesus' name to come out of this girl. And so the demon does, and this girl is delivered, and she's freed. And, and uh, you would think that would be cause for celebration, right? I mean, you would think that the people would be overjoyed that this girl found healing. You would think that they would be amazed at this demonstration of God's power through Paul and Silas. In fact, the only reason that I can think of that you would not be overjoyed about that is if you were this slave girl's owner and you were making money off of her telling people's fortunes because, of, because she was demon-possessed. And that's exactly what happens. Her owners get mad, and they, they bring up Paul and Silas before the authorities, and they have this complete joke of a trial. And we find this in, uh, in verse 20. It says, The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. And a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. So these people level this accusation against Paul and Silas, which, by the way, isn't, isn't exactly a false one. They were violating some customs and laws of the land. You see, Rome was, Rome was really tolerant of other religions as long as you didn't try to convert other people to your own. Rome kind of had the, the idea, they, they kind of had the philosophy, worship however you want, believe in whatever gods you want, just don't try to convince other people to follow your God. Well, that's, of course, exactly what Paul and Silas were doing. They were trying to tell people the good news that you can find forgiveness and healing through Jesus Christ. Come believe in him, follow him. That, that was their whole mission. That was their whole purpose for being there. So it's not that the accusations were false. But the other thing about this, you notice they, it says these Jews. Everybody's in an uproar because of these Jews, it says. You see, there was this, there was this very anti-Jewish feeling in the culture of that time. And so these people, they didn't get in an uproar necessarily because Paul and Silas cost these slave owners money. They didn't care about that. They cared that these guys were Jews and they were stirring up trouble in their minds. So why do I, why do I mention all of that? Well, I want us to realize, I want us to understand that Paul and Silas had everything stacked against them. Everything. The city was in an uproar. There were these anti-Jewish um, kind of currents in the culture at the time. They had nothing from an earthly perspective that would give them hope. And so, what happens? 
says they were severely beaten. They were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. And so he put them in the inner dungeon and he clamped their feet in the stocks. So here's the situation. Paul and Silas have been stripped. They've been beaten. They've been put in prison. Not just any prison cell. It says they were put in the inner cell. Maybe even a dungeon. In other words, the most secure place where there was the least chance of them escaping or somebody breaking them out. And then they chained them to the wall on top of that. Paul and Silas just suffered an extreme ending, didn't they? An end to their freedom, an end to their ability to tell other people the good news of Jesus Christ. An ending to life as they know it. What's that new beginning going to look like? Is there even going to be a new beginning? So what do you do? What do you do when you're in that situation? What do you do when you've been stripped and beaten and chained to a wall in a dungeon? What do you do? You wait. You you can't do anything else, can you? You wait. That's all you can do is wait. What's going to happen? How is this going to turn out? When, uh, when Colin, our middle son, when he was four or five months old, um, he got really sick. And the, doctors, uh, the doctor was just really concerned about some of his blood levels in particular, and uh, she admitted him to the hospital. And at the time, Sarah and I at one time had both been pre-med, and so we knew just enough to be dangerous you know, just enough to worry ourselves. And, and we were kind of, we were thinking maybe leukemia. And so while we were there in the hospital, we were there for several days. And it just seemed like the doctor was, just seemed like he wasn't telling us everything. And so we finally said, look, just, just be straight with us. Are, are we, we think maybe we're looking at leukemia. Is that a possibility here? And, and the doctor said, he said, yeah, um, we're, we're thinking that that's a possibility. Uh, but we don't know yet that he's showing some symptoms that are really consistent with that. But he's also showing some symptoms that, uh, that are not. And so we just have to, what? Wait. We just have to wait and see. It was only a couple days, but it seems like it was an eternity of just waiting to find out if this was leukemia or not. Praise God it wasn't. But as Sarah and I have said often, and and as some of you have experienced, I know, sometimes the waiting is worse than just getting the bad news, isn't it? Because in the waiting time, that's when your mind can just go crazy with different scenarios, and you can just be filled with worry and anxiety over things that may or may not happen. Sometimes the waiting is worse than the bad news. That's where Paul and Silas were at. All they could do was wait. Wait and wonder and ask questions. How long would they be here? Were they going to be put to death? What was happening to to other Christians, to other believers outside of, of the prison? Just questions. Just waiting and questions. And so what do you do then when the rug has been pulled out from under you and you don't know what will happen next and all you can do is wait and wonder and ask questions? What do you do when you don't know what else to do? 
Well, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. What do you do when you don't know what else to do? You pray and you praise God. You pray some more and you praise God some more. You pray and you praise In fact, this story reminded one author of this verse from Psalms. At night, his song is with me. At night, his song is with me. In other words, at nighttime, when it's dark and it's scary and I can't see what's in front of me, a song of praise will still be on my lips. That's what that psalmist is saying. When it's dark and scary and you don't know what's coming and you don't know what to do and maybe you can't do anything, pray and praise God. And by the way, notice, notice, uh, notice that phrase, the other prisoners were listening. Especially people who don't know Jesus and they know that you do know Jesus. They watch. They watch how you're responding to that. In fact, I believe that our influence as Christians is is maybe never greater than in those times when the rug has been pulled out from under us and those times when we're waiting and we don't know what to do and people see how we respond. Are they going to see you filled with worry and anxiety and just beside yourself and maybe making bad choices or are they going to see you with a song of praise to God still on your lips? They were praying and praising God, and the other prisoners were listening. You see, sometimes praising God has nothing to do with how you feel. If we're not careful, we kind of associate praising God with emotion, and we think of, of some deep emotional experience. But praising God sometimes has nothing to do with emotion. Sometimes there's no emotion necessarily involved. Sometimes praising God is an intellectual decision of the will where we are determined in our minds and in our hearts, I am going to praise God no matter what. Yes, life stinks around me. The rug has been pulled out from under me. I'm in a situation where I don't even know what to do. I'm in an in-between time, and I don't, even know, I don't even know where to go from here. And in those moments, we make a decision, I'm going to praise God. Not because I feel like it, but because He deserves it. Most of you know that, that our, my family's transition here to Pittsburgh this past summer did not go as planned. Um, every job, you know, job possibility that Sarah looked at uh, there for a while uh, came to a dead end, and we had a hard time finding a place to live that we could remotely afford. And so the summer wore on, and and uh, we got, I mean, we got down to the wire. School was getting ready to start, and and you know, fortunately, in just His perfect timing, God provided a place and a job for Sarah. But but there was that that sort of that in between time of wondering and waiting and fighting back anxiety and living two states apart was really old at that point. And, and let me tell you, there were, there were mornings where I stood right there as service started. And I did not feel like singing God's praises. 
emotionally. I did not feel like praising God. I was missing my family. I was tired of not being under the same roof as them. I was tired of only seeing them on weekends. I was tired of looking for houses. I was tired of, of Sarah saying, well, that, uh, that job opening closed. And there were times when I stood right there and as the music started, I had to just pray, God, I don't feel like praising you today. But I'm going to praise you anyway. Because you deserve it. I sometimes tell my kids, I will always love you. You'll never mess up so bad that I'll stop loving you. I may not always like your choices, but I will always love you. I tell my kids that. But if I'm really honest today, There are times when I've had to take that attitude with God as well. There are times in my life where I have not liked what God was doing or what God was allowing in my life or in in a loved one's life or just in the world around me. There are times when I have not liked what God was doing or allowing. But I had to make the decision. I'm going to love him and I'm going to trust him And I'm going to praise him anyway. Because you see, our reasons for praising God are rooted in who he is. Not in our circumstances. Our reasons for praising God are rooted in who he is. Not in our circumstances. So if that's true, then we need to know who he is. So here's some things that the Bible says about him. The Bible says he's our creator, he's our savior, and he's our redeemer. That means he sets us free from things that bind us. It says that he comforts us, he teaches us, he provides for us. He gives us strength when we're weak. He gives us joy when we're filled with sorrow. He gives us wisdom when we don't know what to do. Not only, the Bible says not only is there no one above him, there's not even anyone equal to him. Scripture calls him the king over all kings and the Lord over all lords. It also calls him the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And just as we celebrated here at Christmas time, he is the God who loves us so much that he gave his only son to die on a cross for our sins. And like Kyle has been preaching about for the last Five weeks. He's also the God who gives us the gifts of hope and peace and faith and joy and love. He is all of that and so much more. And those are the reasons that we praise Him. Even when life has punched you in the mouth. Even when you have no idea what the next chapter is going to hold or even what your part needs to be in that, he still deserves praise. Because here's the thing, the Bible says God never changes. 
His love never changes. His power never changes. His, his greatness, His majesty never changes. And so if He deserved my praise here when life was great and awesome and everything was lined out and going my way, then that means that He still deserves praise today when life has punched me in the mouth. Because He doesn't change. Our reasons for praising God are rooted in who He is, not in our circumstances. So if I'm on top of the world and life is great, he deserves my praise. Or if the rug has been completely pulled out from under me, he still deserves my praise. If I am Paul and Silas chained to a wall in a prison cell, having no idea what's going to happen next, he still deserves my praise. And by the way, uh, speaking of Paul and Silas, if you know the story, um, you may think that we stopped in kind of a weird place because what happens is there's an earthquake and Paul and Silas are miraculously freed from, from the prison. The jailer and his family end up becoming followers of Christ. And it's, it's a great happy ending to their story, but we're not, we're not, we're not even going to read that. You can go read that later if you want. But we stopped where we stopped with Paul and Silas praising God and the other prisoners watching them. We stopped there for this reason. The point of their story is not that if we will just pray and praise God, everything's going to just work out and be awesome. The clouds are just going to blow away and life is instantly going to go from terrible to great. That's not the point of this story. Sometimes that happens. A lot of times it doesn't. No, the point of this story is a lot deeper. In fact, the point of the story is the secret that I told you about at the beginning that will carry you through any season of life. And it's this. Learn to praise God in all seasons. That's the point of their story. Learn to praise God when life is awesome. Learn to praise God when life stinks. Learn to praise God in those in-between times when you don't know what to do or where to go. Learn to praise Him simply because He deserves it. Paul puts it this way. He says, Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. In other words, it is God's will. If you are a follower of Jesus, it is God's will for your life. It is his desire for your life to teach you to praise him and honor him no matter what life brings. So, as you stand with me, It occurs to me, what kind, of, what kind of husband would I be? Or what kind of father would I be? 
if I told my family, I'm not going to tell you that I love you today because I'm not really happy with how life is going right now. What kind of husband or father would I be if, if my ability to, to express love to them, if I only did that when life was good? I love them no matter what's going on in my life. Why should God be any different? Love Him, trust Him, thank Him, praise Him, no matter what's going on in your life. So before we sing, I'd like to, I'd like to just lead you in a, in a short time of prayer. I want to give you three prayers to just pray to yourself here for a minute. If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. And just in your own words, quietly to yourself, pray this prayer. God, these are the things that are causing me stress and anxiety and worry at the moment. Just tell them what those things are right now. Take a minute and do that quietly. Now take a minute and just in your own words, pray, pray this prayer. Say, God, thank you for these blessings in my life. And just take a minute and quietly thank him for all the good things that he's done for you and given you. Now finally, pray, pray this prayer just in your own words. God, teach me to give you thanks and the praise that you deserve no matter what's going on in my life. God, teach me to give you the thanks and praise that you deserve no matter what's going on in my life. Father, as we close a chapter on the calendar and get ready to start a new one, I know that all of us in this room are going to experience some kind of ending this year, some kind of new beginning. And probably some kind of in-between time where we're not sure what to do next help us to praise you through it all help us to praise you in all seasons of life just because you deserve it thank you for loving us we praise you today for who you are So fill our hearts with praise. Fill our lips with praise as we worship you together. In Jesus' name.
have any New Year's resolutions? Would you make at least one? Just make one resolution. This might be the best resolution you can possibly make. Make the resolution that you're going, to, you're going to determine in your heart and in your mind, whatever this year brings, I'm going to give God praise. His praise is going to be in my heart and on my lips in every season. There are a lot worse resolutions that you can make than that. So before we're dismissed today, um, there's a, a young family in our church that uh, they just started attending a few months ago, and uh, they're in an in-between time. They've experienced a, an unexpected ending of sorts. Um, Brendan and, and Michaela uh, and their two kids, Amelia and Oliver, uh, their house burned down a week ago, Christmas Eve. And uh, so they're in an in-between time trying to figure out how do we pick up the pieces from here? Where, where do we go from here? Um, honestly, they, they told me just before church they can't even get into the, the house. Service master can't even get in there because of the weather. All the water is frozen. And so they're just in this waiting in between time. And uh, one of the best ways that we can show praise to God, praise isn't just about singing to him. Um, sometimes the best way we can praise God and honor God is by just tangibly showing love to somebody in need. And so we want to receive a love offering today for them as a church family. And uh, if you would like to, to contribute to that, just place it in one of the offering boxes uh, as you're going out the door. If you want to write a check, just make it out to the church, and then we'll write one check to them. Um, if you're not prepared to give this morning, you can go on the church website later today. Go to the online giving portal, and there's a, there's a category for spe- special offering, and you can give that way as well. And we'll cut a check to them this week. Um, But uh, would you just join me in prayer as we're dismissed? Father, uh, we thank you for being who you are. We praise you today, uh, not because life is always great. We praise you because you are the good, good father that that song talks about. And so this morning we say a special prayer for Brendan and for Michaela and for Amelia and Oliver. Father, would you just lead them and be close to them during this in-between time as uh, they've been kind of forced to start a new chapter. I ask your blessing on this offering that you would would just multiply it. And and most of all, I pray that this offering would just be a tangible reminder to this family that you created them and you love them and you will carry them through this. So Father, we praise you in all seasons. We praise you today and we will praise you tomorrow no matter what it holds in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Have a blessed day and a blessed new year.